this one um kevin are you excited to get reverb rewind to our brain buster listeners yeah i think this is one of the best things we do and i really think uh the people are going to appreciate it yeah i love doing the rewind and we had to like we have to go big for this one and we've never had a guest on reverb rewind before but um if we're gonna have a guest we have to have we're starting off big there's no real way to Really, we're peaking early, I guess, with our guests here today. She's been on Wrestling Reverb before, obviously never been on Reverb Rewind. We do have the queen of any right here with us. Queen, how are you doing today? Hello, boys. I'm so good. How are you? I am fantastic. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, so, queen, um, I well, we kind of asked you to be a part of Reverb Rewind a few weeks ago now because we knew you were a fan of Reverb Rewind. We knew that you kind of like doing this kind of stuff. Um, but um, what kind of attracted you to the idea of Reverb Rewind with us? Oh, my God. Well, first of all, you guys are so funny when you do them. And I just like the way you talk and, and go and dive into things. And it's so much fun to watch things that you haven't seen a or B that you haven't seen in a long time, especially with fresh eyes and perspective. And it's even better when you have someone to talk about it with. So that was why I was so interested in your reverb rewinds before we were even friends and now we're friends. So it's even better. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. Um, So we, we gave you the task of um, picking some old stuff to have the, fans choose for us and um it come down to money in the bank 2011 so we went back and watched this um today and we'll get into that in just a second um but queen i guess your concept and correct me if i'm wrong was just we have money in the bank soon let's get in the mood for money in the bank yeah essentially that you know i was thinking about what we could watch and i was like you know it's time for Money in the Bank soon. It's the pay-per-view, pay-per-view they're going to be building towards, you know, very shortly once the shakeup was over, which it is now. So now we're going to start to see new storylines come to light. We're going to see new challengers. We're going to see who they're going to push, who they're going to pull back. And that's the time for people to shine in this Money in the Bank challenge. Winning the briefcase gives you that contract. And with that contract, you have one year to cash it in. Sometimes it's immediate. Sometimes it's not. But the best part is there are very few times in history where the Money in the Bank person, Mr. Money in the Bank, has cashed in unsuccessfully. Yeah. So it's normally a a shoe-in, if you will, for a title change, and that's always super exciting. So I figured, hey, why not? It's happening in a month. 
literally like almost from today a month <laughs> so it's really really exciting yeah no um i agree completely money in the banks and regardless money in the bank ladder matches itself they're always fun um mm-hmm. even a quote-unquote bad money in the bank ladder match is still a pretty fun match um but before we get into talking about that stuff, we were talking a little bit before the pre-chat, but Kevin, I did get a chance to watch your um, watch the show that you did play-by-play on, and you did an absolutely fantastic job. So if anyone's looking for a play-by-play commentator, you know where to get Mr. Kevin Carroll. He's very good at it. <laughs> yes, yes. If you're out there listening and you need a guy, I could be your guy. He will travel yeah, he kicked to you. ass. He can do it. He'll, 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 he'll do it. He's very good at it. But yes, Kevin, very good job. I'm, um, I know we talked about it last week on uh, Wrestling Reaver, but um, coming out of it now, you're a little bit less fresh out of it, I guess. Um, how do you feel about the whole experience? Do you still have the same kind of sentiment towards it? Like you just really felt like you kicked some play-by-play ass? <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I do feel like I kicked some play-by-play ass. Um, <laughs> I, I felt really good the whole time I was doing it. I felt right at home, felt natural, felt comfortable. I've never been one to get nerves about doing things like that. I, I often enjoy being the center of attention. Uh, well, it wasn't quite that because obviously there were wrestlers doing their thing, and they kicked ass too. I got to give so much credit to the wrestlers involved. But uh, I, I thought I did really, really well, and I, I had a good color commentator I got to play off of very, very well. Uh, it was a good tandem. I'd love to. I'd love to get back in the get back at the desk soon. Hell yeah, hell yeah, Queen. Um, did you get a chance to check out Kevin in his play by play work? Hell yeah, I did, and I was super proud. He was such a natural, and I was like, "Oh my boy, Kev, kicking <laughs> some butt over there." I didn't actually think it was your first time doing commentary and play by play, and I was like, "I mean, I, I listened to Reverb, obviously, so I knew it was your first time, but." Listening back, I was very impressed. I really thought that you were great at it. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm here to put everybody over, honey. Please, yeah. I was going to say, please, <laughs> praise, me, praise me all you want, you guys. Oh, I'm glad you two are on the same page because that leads right into where we're going. Um, It's time, Kevin. Usually you don't get a tag team partner in Kevin versus Australia, but this week... We have Queen here. We're not just going to exclude Queen from the uh, fun. So this week you get a tag team partner, I guess you could say. Fun. Quote, unquote. Fun and fun. I got you, Kev. I got you. We're going to do this. Alrighty. So this week it isn't Kevin versus Australia. It's Kevin and Queen versus Australia. Australia, mate. Good day. (laughs) Good day, Cobble. Alrighty. So this week I'm going to give you guys, you're going to go one by one. You're going to... And oh, Queen, I do need to say I trust you very much that you're not going to look up any of this on the internet or anything like that. No cheating. No, sir. All right. So this week, I'm going to give you three different terms that we use in Australia, and you have to do your best to describe what they are, what that is. So, um, Queen, since you're the guest, I'll give you the the uh, wonderful um, honor of going first. So you can. Oh God, I'll, okay. give you the, I'll give you the. I'll uh, give you the 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 term or the word, you give me your best answer. Kevin, then you give me your best answer and I'll tell you as if you are wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alrighty, so the first one is a very common term in, uh, in Australia. What is a budgie smuggler? Can you say that again? 
A budgie smuggler. A budgie smuggler? smuggler? Yep. All right. A budgie smuggler? Okay. It sounds like a wedgie of some kind to me. Hmm. Okay. Kevin? I don't know. I'm I'm so convinced you're making this up. I'm not. I I, I swear. (laughs) I swear I'm not making this up. Okay then, I'm gonna say it's it's like a it's like a an animal that uh, that sneaks into your trash and takes stuff. Ooh! <laughs> All right, so um, it's a speedo. Okay, so I wasn't that far you off. Weren't, you weren't far off. No, it's a speedo. Like, a bunch family of smuggler gets. because it's like you know huh. junk. Oh, a bungee smuggler. Got it. <laughs> If That's a, a weird see, term. If you see a guy in speedos at the at the beach or at, the, at a pool, you go, "Oh, he's wearing a pair of budgie smugglers." Budgie smugglers. <laughs> That's something else, man. Kev, I don't think we say this very much in the states. <laughs> no, I've I I could say with the utmost confidence, I have never ever uttered the phrase "budgie smuggler" in my life. Oh, I love this. Um, because it's like Australia in a different planet. They like they're on a different. Yeah. <laughs> Why couldn't you do Tim Tams? I knew what that was. <laughs> Alrighty, so second one. I feel like you might get. Okay, um, Queen. What is Akadaka? Huh? A what? Akadaka. Oh, I do know this. I do know this. It's um. Oh my God, the band. Uh. ACDC. Kevin? That's correct. That's so correct. You're right. You've both got one yes! right. Akadaka. It's ACDC. Yes. High five, Kev. <laughs> Josh, fun fact. ACDC is my favorite band. Ah. So you probably knew that from a while ago. I, 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 as soon as you said it, I, I thought about it and I'm like, yeah, I knew what it was. Akadaka. Akadaka. Listen to Smackadaka. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last one. Um, okay. Do I, give you, do I give you the easy one in my head or the hard one? Let's... Uh, I don't um, think it's going to matter. Yeah. I feel like... <laughs> Probably get, not. I feel like you'll get this one. Surely. Okay. Okay. Do you know what brekkie is? It's breakfast. Okay. Yeah. It's, bre- it's breakfast. Yes. You have got it. Good work. You just win this week. Woo! Wow. Two for three. That's not so bad. He didn't know what budgie smugglers were. A little batting average. I feel like like nobody knows what that is except for people in Australia. (laughs) You watch our television shows, any Australian comedy, you always hear budgie smugglers. (laughs) Budgie smuggler. That's so weird. But funny. I like it. (laughs) I hope you use that in some way in your life. (laughs) I will find a way. (laughs) <laughs> just say it to random people and people will be like what <laughs> i know right all right well queen you did very well in your um versus australia debut maybe we can get you on for a rematch at some point oh i'm ready i'm ready to go three for three oh. three and oh baby oh. that's what i want <laughs> kevin did it help having a tag team partner this week yeah, because it made me feel like, especially on those obviously on those last two where we we got it right, it made me feel uh, a little bit smarter knowing that I wasn't completely off base. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. It's nice to have a pal. <laughs> yeah, you know, we go down, we go down together. But you know what? We win together too. That's true. <laughs> Damn. Alrighty. Well, let's get into some reverb rewind. Like I said at the top of the program, we got Money in the Bank 2011 that we all went back and watched. We all have our notes. Um, so let's let's get started on this because there's a lot to unpack. Um, now, Reverb Rewind, um, if you haven't listened before, Kevin kind of takes the reins on Reverb Rewind. He takes us through everything. So, Kevin, what did we start off with this evening? We kicked the show off. We got right to the crux of the event. We had the SmackDown Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, we, it's funny. We, we talked about how – you talked about at the top of the show, Josh, how every Money in the Bank ladder match, even the – quote-unquote bad ones are good that's kind of how i felt about this one i thought it was in terms of money in the bank ladder matches subpar but it was still fun because it's a ladder match and you're gonna get good spots and so i can't complain too much about it yeah no i agree um okay so the before we even talk about the actual match itself what a weird group of people to be in this match. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, right? Like, <laughs> it felt very <laughs> lacking of star power. It had, so we had Daniel Bryan, Wade Barrett, Cody Rhodes, Justin Gabriel, Heath Slater, Kane. Um, who else was in it? Oh, crap. Sin Cara. Sin Cara and Sheamus. That's right. Yeah. Um, a very just odd bunch of people. Um, because I haven't watched this show in a little while, you used to uh, might not um, get this feeling, or you may, I'm not sure, but, you know, I was just watching all the entrances, and I genuinely had forgot who was in this match. I was seeing it, and I'm like, what? These, these are the people in this match. Um, Queen, what's your thought on this group of people? Because it's odd. <laughs> <laughs> it's so odd. Well, first of all, when Justin Gabriel came out, I got, like, so excited. <laughs> I loved him back in the day. Like, loved him. And I was devastated that he never got, like, anything. <laughs> so I saw him and I was like, yes, he's going to do high-flying spot him, uh, spots. I'm so pumped. But then, like, <laughs> you look at the rest like Heath Slater, who was just off the one man band thing, and Daniel Bryan, who looks so different. Yeah. And Kane, no mask, and Wade Barrett. All I could think of was bad news, but he had no beard, and that threw me off. And then Cody, of course, with his face mask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally the strangest group of dudes. But oddly, I actually enjoyed this one more than the other ladder match, I have to be okay. honest. Yeah. Um, I thought this one was... Listen, when you have a crowd like Chicago, and they're hot, they're ready for the night, um, they're obviously ready for what we'll talk about later, but they're obviously a hot crowd. When you go on first, I think that's a huge benefit. I've always said if sure. I was a wrestler, I would like to... If I'm not main eventing, I want to be opening the show, um, because... I want that benefit of just a hot crowd. There's no such thing as a burnt out crowd on the first match. Um, If there is, it's a shit crowd. Um, But Chicago is a fun town to be in. I could imagine being a performer would be really fun to perform in Chicago. But like you said, Kev, um, it wasn't like the best money in the bank ever. It was okay. Um, It had its spots. Um, Kev, is there anything that kind of stands out to you before we start discussing the finish? Yeah, definitely the uh, 
when Sheamus put uh, Sin Cara through the ladder. That is a tough spot. Oh, yeah, ow. That, not that could not have felt good. Props to Sin Cara for taking that. But uh, that was the one for me. That was like the, the spot in the match. Uh, other than that, Justin Gabriel's 450 where he was standing on the ladder with like no space to maneuver. That was, that was cool, a yeah. oh, talented dude. And yes. that's, that's got a lot of room for error in that one. Um, yep. Sin Cara. Obviously, this is like the original Sin Cara. Um, if you could describe Sin Cara in just a s- small sentence, uh, Queen, Kev, um, how would you even do that? Because I feel like the original Sin Cara, to me, was a little bit of a letdown. Yeah, that was going to be my sentence. Yeah, he didn't deliver. Did not deliver. Yeah, that's a great sentence. Did not deliver. And, like, let down. Yeah, let down, for sure. How would you... Do you think it was a lack of... Um, I know NXT wasn't really, like... It was still FCW at the time. They were still, or they are in that right. transition phase, wherever it was. But um, do you think it was him being brought in straight into the fire, uh, as they say... And not really having a chance to adapt to that WWE style because there is a WWE style. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure about that, to be honest with you. It could be, but I also think he was brought up and and just like nothing happened. He was like a little steam engine that couldn't. And I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it was the character. I don't know if it was his work. I don't know what it was. It just didn't work. It didn't go up the hill for me. Yeah. Kev, you have any kind of when thing I, to When I think of Sin Cara, I don't think of anything he did in the ring. Mm-hmm. I think of the fact that when he first debuted, they used to keep the blue and yellow lights on. Oh, yeah. During his matches, and it was really weird. I didn't like that, so... He was probably doomed in my mind from the start because that was something I just didn't want to see. I didn't want to see the lights on. It made it look weird. So that I forgot out. about that. You're right. Yeah, I, I forgot about it too. I didn't like it either. Um, but um, there were the kind of spots that kind of um, kind of stood out. If you could um, kind of take yourself back in time, actually watching this or going into this, just the build up to this, did you all think Daniel Bryan was going to win this? No. No, I didn't think so no, either. Really I thought it was going to be Wade Barrett because I thought he was going to get uh, Gabriel and, um, and uh, oh my God, Heath, Heath on his side, yeah, and kind of do that whole thing like they did in the spot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was what was really going to happen and they were going to kind of reform the little band together. But I was really pleased that Dan O'Brien won and I was even happier watching it the second time. <laughs> yeah, because it's a weird retrospect to watch it now. Yeah. But going into yeah. that match, I thought it was Cody's match to win. I thought that was Me Cody's too. time. Mm-hmm. I remember actually genuinely being like, it's Cody's time. Brian winning, though, certainly didn't make me upset. I like Daniel Bryan. Right. It was just a shock. Um, at this point, I thought he was going to be the first one to like kind of unsuccessfully cash in. <laughs> oh. That was my kind of thought. I thought he got the briefcase, and I'm like, oh, he's going to be the one that doesn't cash in successfully, because at that point, there hadn't been someone that hadn't unsuccessfully cashed in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially with, like, the world title scene at that time, where you had Orton as the champ, and Christian was floating around, and you had sure. Big Show and Mark Henry, who would, who would enter into the picture later on. It didn't seem like it would be the easiest thing for him to cash in. 
Right. Yeah, no. Um, but overall, um, Queen, what did you think about this match and the finish? I liked the finish. I'm happy. I, like I said, Daniel Bryan won in retrospect. Watching it a second time, I was very pleased with that part. I also thought to myself, God, I used to love Seamus. Like, to my core, loved Seamus. And I don't like him anymore. And that's so weird to say eight years later, right? But this match, I'd say a, a low to solid B. Yeah. Kev? I'd give it like a C plus. Yeah. All right, little that's tough probably my, That's probably my basement for Money in the Bank ladder matches because they are enjoyable no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree. They're, they're still fun no matter what. It's still fast-paced. There's still a lot going on. Um, but like I said earlier, there's been better. There's probably been worse. But this is, I'd probably give it probably about a B minus, C plus, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, Kevin, what did we have up next? Because I have some thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Was it? See, I, I'm missing. I, I know there's a, there's a one backstage segment in here somewhere with Vince, but I'm not sure when it happened. I don't remember. Um, but next on the match card. We had Kelly Kelly and Brie Bella for the Divas Championship. Mm. Mm-hmm. When you say thoughts, mm. are you referring to this match with those thoughts? Yes, okay. I am. So, I have thoughts too. I can't wait to hear yours. <laughs> okay, so I go into, when I watch old um, Divas matches, old women's matches, I kind of try and take out the fact of what we see now. I just try to get in that mindset of, they're going to try and go out and have a match that they could at that time and with the talent in the ring and, and blah, blah, blah. So I always go in with that open mind of never, I never go in with the mind of, oh man, like we've, yeah, blah, blah, blah. We see so much better now. Okay, whatever. So I try and go in with the mind of let's take these ladies for what they're given and how long they're given and, and whatever other um, circumstances there are. Um, first and foremost, the... The thing I noticed first was, and I'll always say this, I'm not a big, I don't think Kelly Kelly is amazing at all, but Kelly Kelly to me always was never afraid to take a bump, never afraid to take mm-hmm. a chance. And I always appreciated <laughs> that about Kelly. I always appreciated that. Kelly, you can say whatever you want about Kelly's wrestling ability and blah, 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 but she was always game. That's what I always appreciated about Kelly. That bump that she took from the apron to the floor, that's a pretty nasty bump to take that it was it wouldn't Mm -hmm. feel nice so i will say that now this match itself was a little bit like obviously it was the calm down from the money in the bank ladder match it was just transitional to get to the next point in the card um for what it was it was okay it wasn't amazing by any stretch of the word um the, the thing that i noticed most is obviously we have come a long way since that to now and the the talent and the time and the attention and the crowd participation is on a different level, obviously. Um, the finish of this match was so weird. Like, it just mm-hmm. ended like, like that. There was no twin switch. There was no nothing. It was just, you know how the Bellas were. They always kind of did their, you know twin switch and blah 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 but there was just nothing to this match there was no depth to it there was no story there was no kind of structure to this match it just was end it was like start spot end 
and there was nothing to it. It only went for three or four minutes. It really wasn't very long. Um, Queen, I know that you would probably have similar or kind of maybe, I don't know, but you would have some thoughts on this as well. I do. I have a lot of thoughts, actually. Um, I know Eve Torres had to come out because Nikki was going to be out there. And I know that they were friends, even Kelly Kelly, whatever. But um, she was, like, really pointless for me. Yep. And I don't like things in your storyline that don't make sense. So, for me, it wasn't necessary. But I get it because Nikki was out there. I fully, like you, expected there to be twin magic. I forgot that there wasn't. And then the abrupt, you know, K2 finish, her little maneuver there, Kelly Kelly. Um, it was very abrupt. The match really didn't have any substance. Brie looks the same to me then as she does now. Sloppy. And I didn't like it. I thought Kelly Kelly did better at selling, as usual. In my opinion, Brie doesn't sell very well. However, my thoughts aren't about the actual wrestling. My thoughts are about Jerry the King Lawler. Oh. Listening, oh. listening to this commentary, you know, things are different now. And, you know, I have a lot to say about commentary now as well, but in a different vein. Listening to that person talk the way he talks about women and the women in the match and the women around the ring. I didn't realize in my younger brain, and I wasn't really that young eight years ago, but younger, you know, how vile it actually is. But then I thought about, like, all the other matches he's called and how it was the same type of vibe and how creepy it was. I literally wrote in my notes, holy F, Jerry the King has some of the cringiest comments I've ever heard. Damn. I was so uncomfortable. I actually wanted the match to be over so I could stop listening to it. And yeah, he's, worse, it's a- his commentary has aged so poorly and yeah. with good. Yes. It's, it's terrible. Oh. Uh, PG program too. Like that's yes. a PG show and kids, no matter whether you're a, a, a um, male or a female, it's no different. We're all people. And Absolutely. he's giving that impression to not only little girls looking at that and, you know, they're asking their parents, why is that man talking about that woman that way? He's then giving the impression to little boys that it's okay to talk that way about women, mm-hmm. which is not the case at all. Um, Especially it's not okay for anybody to talk about that, you know. It's especially in that context, and right. like, um, you know, a lot of it I understand. It's tongue in cheek, whatever. But it's if right. you're in a TV fourteen show or you know whatever the ra- a higher rating, I would at least understand that they're allowed to do that. At least you know there's, you know, it's not marketed towards kids. So you know, even if the comments are awful and I don't like them, at least the rating matches what's going on that's coming out of his mouth. It does not match. Mm-hmm. WWE were in a weird period when it comes to the women in that stage mm-hmm. because they were still booking and marketing women as if it was the Attitude Era, but they weren't allowed to be as scandalous, but they still tried to book them in that vein, and it, it you can't right. do that. You can't be half in, in, half out. You either go full ball or you don't do any of it and you market them a different way. Um, it's one thing to say these women are attractive because they are attractive ladies. And, of course. But there's yeah. one, there's, there's, you can say a woman is hot or whatever it may be, whatever term you want to use. You can say these ladies are attractive, but you don't need to be a pervert about it. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. There's a difference between being appreciative of someone's physique 
an appearance, right? Everybody knows I love Finn Balor, not only for his wrestling, but he's just beautiful to look at. He's a beautiful man, and what I can appreciate abs. him. What beautiful, beautiful abs. Beautiful abs. Man. Beautiful abs for days. Yes, I will ogle him. And you know what? I can ogle some of the girls, too, because they're gorgeous. That's great. But there's a fine line between, you know, doing that in a respectful way and doing that in a totally perverted way and listening to that commentary oh my god it just was too far yeah like a little bit is okay but that was literally every time he spoke was something even creepier than the last time yeah yeah and it wasn't even that long ago really like it was 10 years removed from the so-called attitude era right Uh, 2011 not that long not that far back in the rearview in the grand scheme of things and he's still talking like that and he's been talking like that forever I mean, we heard it a couple times, Josh, doing the old re- doing the older rewinds where we, we watched what Survivor Series yeah. from 98 and yeah. we watched Raw from 2000. And every women's segment on both of those shows, it was the same thing. I just watched Vengeance 2005 the other night and there was this big old scene where, you know, it was Lillian Garcia and Viscera. And oh, Lillian yes. Garcia he was uh, proposing to him. And then Godfather came out with the whole train, and just listening to Jerry slobber all over himself is really weird. Mm-hmm. Like even even if you don't have a problem, like even if y- you just look at it as what it is, like if you don't go into it in depth, it's still weird on the surface. Like yeah. it's not like you have to look for too much of a deeper meaning to re- to see how how messed up it is. It's pretty gross at face value. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree, I agree completely because I'm pretty good at separating things from. Um, especially in wrestling, I'm pretty good at separating, you know, fact from fiction and just taking mm-hmm. it for what it is. But even I cringe at Jerry Lawler's stuff. Um, yeah. And you know what? Even worse, because I always appreciated what the ladies did, even in that time, because I knew they were given chicken shit and they were trying to turn it into mm-hmm. salad. And they can only do so much in three and a half minutes. I don't think this... If you actually look at the match time of this, I think it ran for about three minutes 40. That's tiny Ugh. in the grand scheme. That is a... That you cannot... They are only doing what they can do in three minutes. And like I said, Kelly Kelly, not afraid to take a bump. Not a, She's always game to try and deliver the best that she could with her talent mm-hmm. and um, just what they were given. Brie, you can say what you want about Brie, but they... She obviously had to somewhat love wrestling to leave and come back and and try and get better. And that's what I always will say about the Bellas in general is they always tried their hardest. Um, I know Brie had a little bit of a rough time coming back last year, but for a little while there, Brie actually got quite decent in the ring in that little before the comeback. I actually think she did, but that's a different subject for a different day. Nonetheless... um, just a short match that you can't really take too much substance out of because there wasn't a lot to really sink your teeth into. Mm-mm. It's a so shame. I have a question for you guys, actually, before we move on. Yeah. So you look at the four, you look at the people in this match. You look at the Bella Twins. They're probably surefire Hall of Famers. Yeah. Do you think Kelly Kelly goes in? Um, well, listen, WWE Hall of Fame, to me... Anyone, anyone that's set foot in a WWE ring is eligible. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that's like my point is that if you have Tori Wilson in there, Kelly Kelly was like Tori, Wil- the next Tori Wilson. Kelly she was moved the face of that those years. Kelly was the, yes. the Trish Stratus, if you will, of those years. She was what they want. They they wanted her to be Trish Stratus. 
That was right. their intention with Kelly, and it never quite peaked that way. But even still, she was probably the, for the most part, between her years of 2007 or 2006 to when she left in 2012, she was the focal point of that Divas era. So yeah, mm-hmm. I would say she would. Queen, you agree? Um, I think it's possible. I don't know. I I, I don't want to discredit and say she would go in like a filler spot, but it kind of seems that way to me. Um, and there's also, I mean, she's got some titles and she's got some, I, I don't know, man. She's not what they wanted her to be, like you were saying, but I can't discredit her either because Tori. So it's like, it's kind of in this weird <laughs> little spot for her, I guess. I'm not really too sure. I I don't really th- want to say she doesn't deserve to. That's not really what I mean. I just think, eh. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, just, you know what I'm saying? Uh. <laughs> it just occurred to me just now looking at, uh, looking at the mask card here. Because, you know. It, the, the criteria for getting into the Hall of Fame, like Josh mentioned, really is just being a wrestler in the WWE. Yeah, yeah. right. So, uh, that'll be an interesting one. To watch. I know when, if and when it happens, people are going to be upset. Yep. As yeah. they were Wilson. So I'm looking forward to that day because I like watching people freak out over something that's so insignificant in the long run. That is true. Yeah. But it's so weird to, for me to think about her, too, because she's so young still. She's yeah. like 32, you know? Yeah. And and she's she Had left a career. long time ago. Yeah. She left like the next year after this pay-per-view. Yeah. Like 2012. Yep. Wow, huh? Weird. Yeah. Um, what do we have up next, Kevin? Wow. I just actually <laughs> I was on, I was on Twitter and I just got fooled by a fake WWE account. Was Pretty it the hard. Eva Marie one? Yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like I, well, I, what I happened? The tweet says, breaking news, Eva Marie is signed with WWE and makes her official return to the Raw roster tonight. It's from at no. WWE Umiverse with an M instead of an N. Oh, it fooled me oh. too because it was, it was styled exactly the way WWE tweets. The picture was exactly something WWE would put up. They had the red background for Raw. It looked real, and I was like, oh, God, what? And then I looked at the handle, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> one of my, co- one of my, uh, my co-workers at Divadirt actually retweeted it. That's why I'm seeing it. And I wonder if she knows that it's a joke, or does she actually believe it? Uh, I'm interested to find out. Okay, no, anyway. Please, no, please, no. Sorry, Wolf, I know you love her, but mm-mm, no. Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't think we, I think we could do without her. I'm, yep. I'm on the Eva Marie bandwagon, too. Let's God dang it, Josh. <laughs> Why do we always differ on women's wrestlers? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just, uh, what's next, Kev? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's before we yeah uh, before we devolve into a uh, a fist fight, we got Mark Henry and the Big Show up next. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Yeah, um, I think it was marketed as two behemoths come head to head. Oh, yeah, it was just Mark like Cole the two biggest that. two biggest dudes around just duking it out to see who's stronger. You know, the, the whole thing was like Big Show's bigger. Mark Henry said he was stronger and better. Uh, the little video package leading up to it. Uh, the only match that didn't get a video package on the show was uh, 
Well, actually, no. The Money in the Bank matches didn't get ladder. Didn't the Money in the Bank matches didn't get promo packages? I don't think, and neither did the no. Kelly Kelly. No, no, they didn't. Neither did Shane. No, no. Um, but this one did, and it was pretty good. Yeah. And the match itself, it was short, which you expect. Don't, you don't think these two guys are going to go very long? No. But for the the six or seven so minutes it went, I enjoyed it. Yeah, m- me too. Because I really enjoyed that era of Mark Henry, that Hall of Pain. Um, just yeah. beating the shit out of people, really. Um, That's what this was. This was a vehicle for Mark Henry more yeah. so than anything else. And it, he did look great. Look down the line. I, I, Mark Henry gets involved with the world title picture in that a few months uh, later than this. But I really did really, in for what it was, again, um, for what it was and, you know, expecting what you'd get out of these two, they did a damn good job. And it was just really... To, Put the whole of pain way over. Um, did you enjoy this as well, Queen? No. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh. <laughs> All right. L- let me caveat that statement by saying the they did a good job for what it was. I just don't particularly like two big dudes fighting. Yeah, it's fair. boring to me. I don't, also don't like the big show. And Mark Henry was its was his hottest at this time. I agree with you 100%. But I was very distracted. He came out and his whole outfit was wet. Like his entire body was wet. It was. <laughs> it was really distracting. But that's just me. So I was like watching him like, what did you do? Like just pour a bucket of water on your head? Like I don't understand what's happening here. So it was very distracting. I will say my favorite part of the match was the chair spot. Yeah. On big shows like afterwards, because it's not often you see Mark Henry or anybody of that size go on any ropes of any kind. Yeah. So it was very exciting to see that. And I thought they worked it well enough that you really thought that he, honest to God, broke his leg. Yeah. yeah. Big you show. Know? Sold so it I thought that was good. He showed, he, yeah, he sold it very well. The spot looked good. But, you know, why? I, I would have preferred the women's match to go longer than this one. The video package I almost felt was longer than this match. I don't know. It was a short match. It was. Which is fine, because it should be, because they're not supposed to go for that long. No. <laughs> yeah, anything, anything longer than what it did would have been just absolute overkill. Yeah. I agree. 100% yeah. there, yeah. It did go the right amount of time. Um, I don't really have too many more thoughts on that match, unless you two do. <laughs> no. Not really. I mean, it's just... You know, it, it just, again, it was just a vehicle for Mark Henry. Um, nothing really pops out except that he looked good. Uh, big Show did what he was there to do, which was put Mark Henry over, and he did so in a big way. Yeah. And this is when, this is when yeah, Henry starts to get real momentum, and he's world champion a few months later. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So That's you true. can look at this as a turning moment. I agree. <laughs> yep. I don't really have much more to add to that one. <laughs> Nope. Agreed. <laughs> no. Probably the, easily the most throwaway match on this card, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, you, you know, you could say what you want about the women's match, but it was for the Divas title. This was a generic singles match. Yeah, right. Which I don't necessarily like on pay-per-views unless the feud feels important enough. And I don't think this one was quite important enough to merit a, a pay-per-view feud, uh, match. But right. I didn't hate it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Thank you. Next. <laughs> oh, wow. That's topical. 
<laughs> Ariana Grande, yes. 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 <laughs> I would sing it, but I have a cold. <laughs> and I ain't singing no Ariana Grande because I ain't doing that. <laughs> I'm not the biggest Grande fan. Eh, I mean, right. I'm not either. She's all right, but... I suppose. She has a couple of good. What What do the kids say now? Bangers? <laughs> There's a couple some, of bangers. Some bops. I, okay, side some note. Bops. Uh, <laughs> yeah, bops. I went out the other night, um, and there was lots of Ariana yeah, Grande you did. on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if only you could all see the group chat that we were in. Oh, man. Um, but I was oh, out the other night, and there was lots of Ariana Grande playing, and the amount of 18-year-old girls that say Yas Queen to Ariana Grande, and I was like, hmm. Okay, there was like four Ariana Grande songs that played in like a dang row, and I was just like, nope. "Shut up with this!" I'm like, "I I don't nope. hate Ariana Grande. This is not an Ariana Grande hate train, but I can only take so much Ariana Grande before I have to, to you know get off this train because I'm just like, get, back away, Ariana." There's only one queen, and her name is Beyonce. <laughs> queen B. Bam. Oh, that that surprise live album and that doco on Netflix. Oh. <laughs> Giving me life. Uh. <laughs> she can do what she wants. She is. She, she is does, the queen. She does she have a pass. She is. <laughs> so, Queen B, free pass, what she's baby. Doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a weird. What a weird. From what Mark weird... Henry to Ariana Grande to some Queen B doesn't really get much weirder than that. But um, if you could segue off of that, Kevin, good luck. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, <laughs> absolute um... queens. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of absolute queens. Yeah, speaking of absolute queens, you had some absolute kings in this raw Money in the Bank ladder yes, match. <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, yeah, raw Money in the Bank ladder match for the WWE Championship title shot. Uh, you had Alberto Del Rio, Alex Riley, Evan Bourne, Jack Swagger, Kofi Kingston, The Miz, R-Truth, and Rey Mysterio, with, of course, Alberto Del Rio being your eventual winner. So, Queen, you said you liked the other one more than this. I I tended, I tend tend to lean on this one because okay. I felt like there was a bit more star power. Mm-hmm. I felt as though the spots were the, that were there, everyone was jumping to the outside, and then you had Evan Bourne go shooting star press off the ladder. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a brilliant, like, sequence. And for that reason alone, I liked it more. Other than that, I thought it was pretty average as well yeah i understand where you're coming from i feel like this one had better spots but i thought the first match it just flowed better in my opinion yeah this match was more clunky and like kind of weird but the spots were great yeah so evan Bourne, aka um what's his name there matt seidel you know he's that that spot that shooting star press was so beautiful. Like, if you put that in slow-mo, you could be like, oh, yes. It just was so nice. Mm-hmm. And it and it was a great... And they were all in the right spot. And it just looked really, really good. Um, I didn't like how this match also had an injury takeout. So Sin Cara was taken out. And then The Miz was taken out in this one. I know he came back, but like, mm, I don't know. That was kind of weird. And I hate seeing Alberto Del Rio. Like, I hate it. Me too. I know. Like, I hate it. Too. Um, it's always crazy. it's always crazy to me that like people liked Alberto Del Rio in his initial yes. run. Yeah, I, I always 
at any no. point. Not in like a he's a bad guy, heel sort of way. Like I just didn't find him like entertaining. I didn't get at the all. appeal. Me neither. I didn't Me neither. Um, but to yes. your point, Queen. Okay, so this is how I've kind of if you break down a ladder match, right? Um, mm-hmm. it's it's essentially spots. That's what a ladder match is. But to have a the difference between a good ladder match and a great ladder match is the ones that have psychology. And to me, the SmackDown ladder match, not that it had the best psychology I've ever seen in a ladder match, mm-hmm. it structured. Each spot meant something. The Raw ladder right. match was just, let's do a spot, let's do another spot, let's do another spot, win. There was no structure to this match. It was just spot, 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 spot. When the mm-hmm. SmackDown one actually flo- had ebbs and flows, like, and it had psychology behind it. Therefore, that's why I like the SmackDown Money in the Bank ladder match better than the Raw one in this, in this instance. Because it yeah. was, the spots meant something. It, the spots, yes, they were better in the Raw one. By far, they were better. But they had no structure. And that's... You just take... If you actually break down a ladder match, it probably requires more psychology than an actual one-on-one singles match. Because you have to figure out a way to use the ladder... The ladder is essentially your pinfall. It's essentially your kickout. Right. It's your false finishes. It's all of that. So you have to figure out to use the ladder in that sense. So the SmackDown one actually used the ladder for its purpose, which is to win, other than using the ladder just to create an ah moment, which you still got to do, but you have to use the actual psychology of what the ladder is in the match. So I just didn't think this one utilized that better than the SmackDown one. Yeah, I I hear you on that. I think the thing that I took away from this one was was two things. One, I I actually liked when they were all going for the briefcase. Yeah. I really liked that spot. I thought they did that very well and how precarious it it actually is (laughs) when all of them are up on those ladders. Makes you nervous, but that was a good thing, right? You want to be like invested in what's going to happen. Yeah. And then the other thing was... Seeing Kofi Kingston come out and do the boom, 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 and the SOS song, I miss that. I, I just too. do. His song was his song was. Awful. It was so good. Yeah, it was, it was a bop. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> yeah, I I loved seeing him eight years ago and like looking at where he is now and going, wow, like you, dude. You're going to go through a journey. You're going to be wearing a unicorn horn soon, man. This is crazy shit. <laughs> yeah, no joke. You know? No joke. Um, and if you told Kofi Kingston in 2011 that Kofi Kingston in 2019 would be the WWE champ, do you think, he, it, you think he'd believe you? Nope. No. He I don't think so. No. Maybe subconsciously. Crazy how far he's... Maybe like in his own, you know, his own mantra, like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do someday, but... From a company perspective, I don't see how he could have thought that. No, no way. No way. Not then. Um, but, Kevin, you seem to... You like this Raw Money in the Bank ladder match better than the SmackDown one, just because of the spots. But um, going into the finish, we know that Del Rio won. What did you think about the finish? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't pleased with it. I thought there were better candidates in there um, to win Money in the Bank. Among them, Kofi. Among them, a guy like Rey Mysterio. Just because I'm a homer for Rey Mysterio. <laughs> R-Truth. It, well, I, I get Dario winning. Like, that was the safe option. But he won. He had won the Rumble and earlier in the year. Yep. 
So it's not like he had. It's not like he was out of opportunities. You know, like he had. He was already like a main event star at this point. Whereas I look at the Money in the Bank thing as a platform for mid carders to make the jump. Yeah. Or for you know, I mean, Rey Mysterio wouldn't fit that bill, but like the Miz, our Truth, yeah. those guys would have benefited. Uh, Evan Bourne, I thought would have been a really handy pick. I loved him when he was in the WWE. Me too. Me too. Me too. Even a guy like Alex Riley, who seemed to have a lot of potential. Mm, yes. I hate Alex Riley so much. <gasps> oh. What? Oh my god, I hated that's, that guy. That's an so odd take. But like, why? He never did. He didn't do enough to even be hated. I feel like. I feel like he was just sort of there. Is it because of his Miz thing? I just didn't like him. I just didn't. He was one of those people. I didn't like his face. And oh, it's chance. when I see him, when I seen him in glow, have you watched glow? Yes. Yeah. When I seen him in glow. I was ready to punch my computer screen. I was like, get him away <laughs> from her. Like get away from him. Liberty Ow. bell. What are you doing? <laughs> this is like momentous. Josh never hates anybody. <laughs> yeah. Josh is like the least hater person. You'll ever wow. Meet. Who knew it only took Alex Riley who didn't do anything to make you so mad. <laughs> one day, I, one day I'll have my older brother on this podcast and he will tell you the level of hate I had for Alex Riley because it was Wow, intense. dude. Like I do not I think I had that I had that hate for Del Rio. Like I hated him. Yeah. Hated that he was champion, hated that he got a lot of opportunities. Just didn't think he was appealing in the ring on the microphone at all. Oh my god, that no. just made my eyes like my eye just twitched when I was talking about <gasps> Alex Riley. Like it's oh a it's a being right, inside calm. of me. Like I'm just like I calm don't down. like that guy. <laughs> Can we move All on? Well, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> Relax. It's gonna be okay, Josh, I promise. There's a better match coming. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> speaking of hostilities. Yeah, speaking next of up hostilities. Was, next up was the World Heavyweight Championship match. Christian beating Randy Orton by disqualification, hence winning the title. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, okay, so this whole rivalry, I absolutely remember just loving. I loved yeah. the story yes. of, like, Christian getting the title and losing it, like, five days later, and then the one more match crap, and the spitting, and the low blows, and just Christian being a slimy heel that he plays absolutely best. Christian was always best when he was that creepy little bastard as Stone Cold used to call him. He was the CLB. Um, But I just really remember loving this story in general. It was brilliant. This whole thing was brilliant. This match in particular I thought was even even like the psychology of it was great with Christian trying to get him DQ'd but the match itself was really good. Yes. Super good. Better than I remember. Yeah, uh, I was a little sore. That makes sense. I think we yes. forget about this match because of the main event, and we forget yeah. about everything on this card because of how great the main event was. But the undercard of this this pay per view was honestly pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. This was one of my favorite. I think it was my. It's tied for me for match of the night with the main event. Yeah. I would say that too, just because I I, I love this few. Obviously, everybody loves Punk and Cena. Sure. But I really loved Christian and Orton. I yeah. forgot how much. Right. That's what I, I. That's what I kept saying throughout this whole thing. All of my notes saying, "Wow, I forgot." And I don't usually forget things, but either, I but... forgot 
a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Because, you know, Money in the Banks aren't normally the most popular of pay-per-views. A lot of people prefer them to still be, you know, at Mania, so you get the thing and then you go. But I like them as their own pay-per-view. And and there are storylines and and character development that I really loved here that I feel like gets lost in the shuffle. This match between them was not only a great wrestling match, it was a great psychological match. And there are very few people who can go toe-to-toe with Randy Orton as a heel and come out on top. Yeah, for me, and Randy Orton is just that's who he is. Christian, <laughs> so, I'm a sucker for yeah. Christian. I love Christian. Me too, I love him. Underrated, underappreciated, um, just yep. great. He, yes, okay, we know him from his tag team work, and he was fantastic with Edge. But a lot of people tend to forget about Christian because of how great Edge was, or how how much right. success Edge had. Christian is kind of the forgotten of the two, but. If you actually look at Christian's in-ring work, his character work, his, I think he's a great mind. I think he has great in-ring psychology. When was the last mm-hmm. time in his in his career? You probably could pick him out if you had to, but when did Christian have a bad match? Christian didn't have bad matches. He didn't have necessarily amazing matches. He had right. always had solid good matches. Um, there was never really bad Christian matches, which is a testament to him because he, he was in the business for so long and, again underappreciated and underrated yeah. talent in the ring. Um, but this match in particular, because he was finally getting his chance to be in the world title picture, he had a chance to actually shine. And, you know, this was winding out of his career. He was in the back end of it. Um, a, a good main event storyline to kind of end his kind of time wrestling with. Yeah, absolutely. And seeing Randy absolutely lose his mind is some of my favorite things. Yeah. Psycho Randy is my favorite Randy because he's just so good at it. He's so good at it. And he literally looks like he's unhinged and he's going to kill you. That's what he looks like. That's why this made so much sense because like Randy Orton is that guy who you could legitimately believe would fly off the handle at something like getting spit in his face. Hell yeah, he would. That spit too. That spit was (laughs) chunky like that. It was Yeah, that was a good hop. I was like, (laughs) I feel like you definitely had to talk about that a few times and like come to peace with it because even like in an acting capacity, I do theater and stuff and we have to do like stage combat and things. If anybody was to ever spit in my face, I would probably lose my shit too. (laughs) So you have to like really think about it. Beat on is so (laughs) disrespectful. It's like, oh, oh, so disrespectful. I'd rather get hit in the face than get spit on. Me too. I'd rather take a punch than that. Yeah. I don't know about that. Well, I would in in real life. I would because I would be worried about what I do to the other person. <laughs> yeah, I'd lose my actual crap I would if lose I got my spit on. Shit. Yeah, I would I really lose would. it. I'd be like, "Are you kidding me? You have that much low respect for me that you just spat on me? No, thank you. Yep. Hit me in the face. At least then I can appreciate you going. Okay, you have at least that to hit me in the face. You have enough respect to punch me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get hit in the face either. Oh, but me I'm just either. saying. <laughs> yeah, I just don't want anything to happen to my face. Yeah, I want you, you know, you have maker. a pretty face, huh? <laughs> um, but yeah, cool match, cool ending, cool Randy match. going b- berserk. Um, not really, not really much more I can add to it, but just a, I really enjoyed it. Me too. Yeah, this was outstanding in my opinion. Just really good all around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And how does it get better, Kev? How does it get better? Oh, speaking of getting better. Oh, yeah. 
Next up, we have the main event. The WWE Championship on the line. John Cena versus CM Punk on CM Punk's last night in the company. And then earlier in the night, Vince McMahon had tried to re-sign Punk. He had his lawyer there. He had John Laurinaitis there, the uh, director of talent relations, EVP of talent relations or whatever the hell People it is. John Tyler. Yeah, people power. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. John <laughs> Laurinaitis, is that you? That's my throat. <laughs> but yeah, uh, they tried to re-sign Punk in storyline. Uh, didn't come to fruition. So this match was guaranteed to be Punk's last night in the WWE, whether he left with the title or not. And my God, what a match to go out. If he was actually going out, what a match to go out on. What a match. The- I know, I know this was this received critical acclaim. This was Dave Meltzer's best match of the year, but God, it was the fans' match of the year too. It was, you had everything you could really ask for. Yeah. Um, yeah, you really did. This, you had star power. Yeah. You had Punk's hometown crowd, which couldn't have been hotter for the man. Also, I really want to quickly touch on the fact that we opened Money in the Bank pay per view with the promo package for this match, dude. I know CM Punk's a controversial guy, but goddamn, he's great on the mic. Yep, oh yep. my god! Yeah, he... I just sat here watching it, and I'm thinking, God, this sounds like now. God, this sounds like now. Oh my god, people are saying the same thing now. It's unbelievable to me. He... And just seeing him, oh my god, he was just he was... a person before his time in the yes. sense of, you know, pushing the envelope. And listen, how could you not like CM Punk? Even if you didn't love him, you had to at least respect the fact that he was he was he was obviously a great talker. He was obviously yep. great in the ring. Um he has a mind for pro wrestling. No matter what we say about CM Punk now, to me he mm-hmm. will always be a pro wrestler that just happens to do MMA. Or that just happens I to agree. dabble in some other things. He to me is always a wrestler and no matter how he tries to perceive it now, no matter what he says about wrestling now, no matter how many times he wants to say he's out of the business and blah, 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 blah. To me, he's always going to be a wrestler. And no matter what I have an opinion of him now is then and up until he left WWE, I mean, I love the man. He was a the person we needed in wrestling to because in that period of time, even though I was still an avid fan and still loved it, there was definitely a lull in wrestling in between, you know, like 2008 to like 2000 and maybe 11, 12. There was certainly a dull period where there was not sure. a lot to sink your teeth into. And Punk was that person. He was the only guy he did. I know he says it a lot, but he was the voice of us. He was the voice of the voiceless. He felt like you could see yourself in Punk and... Leading up, I mean, what a build to this match. Even before the match even happened, you had all the contract signings and the and the pipe bomb. And, I mean, the pipe bomb yeah. is infamous. It, it really is one of a... So it's a pivotal moment in it not is. only CM Punk's career, but just the time period of WWE. It does take elements of what they're trying to achieve now with that reality-based, edgy kind of feel that they're trying to produce now. Punk just had it. Because Punk was legitimately pissed off. You could tell that Punk was not happy, and he was very happy about leaving, um, obviously, Mm -hmm. after he ended up staying and and blah, blah, blah. But um, up until this point, we weren't... Even even the 
the smarkiest of fans had no, no fucking idea what was going on. Just nothing. Yeah, it's true. They had and none. if you guys, I don't know if you guys ever saw the CM Punk documentary WWE did. I watched yes. it like two days ago. It was, it's very okay. good. <laughs> he says that he signed the contract, like the, uh, the, the legitimate new contract, like the day of. Yep. Yeah. Isn't that I wild? Think, I think he said in the show, in the documentary, that he signed it during Money in the Bank. Yeah, I'm seeing here like about an hour before actually winning the match. Yeah, which is absolutely insane. Like, what if they didn't resign? They, they they put like their all their eggs in this basket that was extremely unstable. Yeah, yeah. They they very unstable. Out. They lucked out, but you know what? We got a great match out of it. Fantastic. We did. Oh my goodness. It was so very good. It was the fault, the false finishes, finishes. John Cena like completely beside himself, which you don't ever see. A, you know, a lot. Yeah, of- that was very telling when you know he's actually asking the ref like that was he's saying that yeah. was. You never see that out of Cena. He was very frustrated, and it and it it was almost a little bit of realism coming through, and it felt authentic. And the crowd, like you know, it's his hometown, punk, but. The crowd was so hot for it, and the ending was great. And you know, Cena saying no interference, and he attacked Laurinaitis, and then Punk pins him. And holy shit, he's leaving the arena. Crowd's losing their mind, and Vince is looking at the ring like, "What did I just allow to happen?" And you gotta wonder, like, how real was that face? You know? Mm. Yeah, you definitely because like that was a big risk, and Huge. you didn't know if it was gonna pay off. Yeah. I agree. Um, this the quality even when he of this called match. Out the, even when he called out Del Rio to cash in the belt, yes, cash in the briefcase for the belt, it felt real. It like it it, I really felt like he was doing everything he could. Desperation. He, at that point, at that point, you'd uh, you well, you saw the you saw Kane the year before cash in the night of, but it was still like a relatively new concept to cash in so quickly. And so when he came out like that night. It felt like that. I felt like a last-ditch effort to get the belt back. It didn't feel like storyline. Yeah, it did. It, there was certainly a level of desperation from Vince, and that just, that story. Wrestling's always the best when it feels real, and that felt real. Mm-hmm. It gen- genuinely felt like this can't happen. Punk cannot win, and all the steps. You know, sometimes things like when you do lots of things like that in a great match, it can get overbooked, and you kind of look at it like, ugh. They're ruining it with all this outside stuff, but that just flow, ebbed and flowed so well, and just it was. It's hard to say that it was a perfect match because there's, I don't think there's any such thing as a perfect match, but um, this was pretty dang close. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I totally agree. What a freaking match! The crowd. I, oh my god! Goodness. The crowd was so good. I felt like I was there. It, it does, and it, that's how I felt the first time I watched it too. I remember where I was. And I was went over to my cousin's house because he always got the pay per views, and we we were watching it together, and we were like losing our minds. And I texted him while I was watching this, and I was like, "Do you remember this?" And he said to me, and I had the text. He said, "Queen, I will never forget this as long as I live. What a match!" Yeah, I actually watched it with my cousin as well. That's really weird. Oh, um, that's so funny. <laughs> I, she come over. We watched it. I was, I was like. Ooh, how old would I be in 2011? What year is it now? 2019. This was what? Eight years ago. Eight years ago. I would have been uh, like 16 years old. 15, 16 years old. God, baby Joshy. <laughs> baby Josh watching it with his 
cousin, she come over to uh, my house. We stayed home from school. Um, and we, cause I was like, I'm not missing this dang match. And my dad was like, whatever, I don't care. Um, we sat in my bedroom with a splitter to two pairs of headphones. <laughs> Jeez. So, so no one could hear because it would be loud. So we had it up blaring in there, full boring in our ears, like as loud as it could go. And we're just yelling and screaming. And I just remember sweating and being like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, um, I just, that match is just, no matter when you watch it, no matter how many times you watch it, that's how you knew it's a great match when you have that same feeling. And yeah. you're right, Queen, it felt like you're there because I don't think we'll ever get a crowd behind a person that much. There really no. is not too much that compares to it to have his name chanted during his music and you could hear the chants over a yes. very heavy Kill Switch Engage song. Um that's pretty special. You can't you can't manufacture that. That is so organic. So organic. Last and time it, it was so great. Too. I know the last time we'd hear that song too. What a thing. What an oh. entrance. God, and when he sits down in the ring, oh chills. man. Chills. Absolutely. I felt the same way. I miss that. There's not a lot of matches that I get that feeling from. Yeah, this and has such a big so point good. Feel to it did. It really this did. Was and the they month match in WWE. It was Punk Cena. And I know we got it a lot, but we never got it at WrestleMania. And I think that's a a shame. Yeah, I, I think, think it too. is too. Because they could have killed it. Every time they got in those ring, those two, no matter where it was, no matter what circumstances, every single match of theirs killed it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I thought we should have got it at Mania. I thought Mania 29. I thought Punk should have held the belt, dropped it to Cena at the cha- at the. Uh, at the event. I thought it would have been a classic. Yep. But, too. you know, they had other plans, obviously, with The Rock. Getting that Rock and Cena once-in-a-lifetime part two match. I know. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. No one really asked for. No. Um, Punk, honestly, I hate saying this word because no one deserves shit, but mm-hmm. in another light, Punk earned that match. Oh, yeah. He, yes. he held that title for... What four hundred and thirty-four days? Um, That's right. And Punk, although Punk had the best match on twenty-nine um, against Taker, that's still not the main event. The main event is the last match on the show. To me, yeah. Yes, you can have other main events and there, whatever, but no, that's not the headlining last match. The last picture you see when you turn off a pay-per-view, and Punk never got right. that, and. I could see why he got frustrated. Um, I don't agree with the way he left the company or the way he talked about the company after because don't bite the hand that feeds you and don't bite the hand that made you, gave you an opportunity. If he didn't have that, he would have never got into UFC straight away. He would have had to earn Mm -hmm. it like everybody else and he got a free pass. Um, But nonetheless, this time period, Punk was the fucking man. He was. He really was. You can't what really. a journey. He was untouchable at that time. Really was, mm-hmm. yeah. The ring, on the mic, all over the, the wrestling spectrum. He was the best in the world. Absolutely. That yeah. He was. Not too young. And with Paul Heyman, unstoppable. I loved unstoppable. that. I loved that because with the difference of Paul with Brock is that Paul had to talk for Brock. Paul did not have to talk yeah. for Punk. He was nah. literally there just to 
add that little... He was a heat magnet. That's what he was, he was. there for. He didn't have to talk too much. He kind of let Punk take the reins because Punk's an incredible talker. And that's hard to say when you're in there with Paul Heyman. But no kidding. The, the one time you really don't need Heyman talking too much because Punk's very good at it. Punk's, a, Punk's an incredible heel. Um, he's a good face, but he is a va- fantastic heel. Um, but diverting off of this match itself... Um, the flow, the length, the crowd, the involvement of Vince and Alberto and the finish and the way he ran away with the title. Like, I just can't say enough good things about that match. The false finishes, they were on. Literally, the crowd was hanging on every single move from a headlock to a GTS. They were into everything. Everything. You don't get that a lot. You don't. And you know what's so funny, too, about these false finishes and stuff when Gargano and Cole had their match and NXT TakeOver a couple weeks ago, you know, while I was there in the crowd, I didn't think it felt too long or too much. No. But a lot of people told me that watching it at home, it felt like too many false finishes. But how many false finishes were in that match that we just watched in Money in the Bank? And what's the difference between that? I find that so fascinating, right? Was it the crowd? Was it the people in the ring? Was it the performance? Was it the the big fight feel, as Kevin pointed out. Did it feel the same? Is it different? I just thought that was so interesting. Do you want to know what Being I that think? we just watched that. Yeah, I do. So, That's why I'm asking. <laughs> so um, what I think is that with, with the difference between Punk and Cena that happened in 2011 and Gargano mm-hmm. and Cole that happened in 2019 is that we're so adapt to that style now that we mm-hmm. see it all the time and we're, I think, not me personally, but I think some people are sick of that style of match because we get so many false finishes. People kicking out of finishes. It happens on Raw. People kick out of yes. finishes now. A finisher in 2011 is different to a finisher in 2019, in my opinion. And again, I talk out of my ass a lot, but um, I just think we're so adapt to that style of match now that people don't respect what they have. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, but that's just we're, uh, <laughs> yeah. We're we're not as grateful for the good stuff now, I'd say, as we were back we're then. Spoiled. I I, th- I think we were more likely to point out critiques now than to just marinate in the great match and appreciate it for what it was. We're very spoiled, um, and but we are. I I mean. Hey, I've done it before where I've gone, this is just too much. And I've been ungrateful. I'm sure you've both done it as well. Um, but nonetheless, this match was absolutely fantastic. And it kind of went from this pay-per-view being good to amazing. It made yeah. this pay-per-view amazing. This match made the show. It did. Yeah, it completely did. Rightfully, the match you think of when you think of Money in the Bank 2011, you think of Punk Cena. Yeah, and for them oh, to take yeah. a gimmick pay per view and to do that is is pretty impressive. Because this yep. is this is literally called Money in the Bank. the The focus is supposed to be on your two Money in the Bank champs, but it didn't matter because Punk and Cena happened, and that's how it I should totally be. Agree. Rightful. Lasting image in your mind. The the image of CM Punk blowing Vince a kiss as he's leaving will be one of the all-time iconic wrestling images forever. Without a shadow of a doubt. And I was more. so glad that the Twitterverse picked this for us to watch because that match, I could watch that match 
again and be just as thrilled as I was watching it a couple days ago. Me too. I've seen this match a lot. Like, I've watched this match a lot of times. It's one of those matches you show people that don't watch a lot of wrestling um, because how could you not get involved in that crowd, at least? So, um, I always, I've watched this match countless times. And again, didn't change the fact of how much I appreciate and love it. And you know what's really weird about, so great wrestling matches, even if you've watched it 700 times, you always notice something different every single time. And that's what a great wrestling match does. You notice the way someone does something or something, just something. You always notice something different. And I always do with this match. So that to me is a great wrestling match. (laughs) Absolutely, man. One of my favorites. Tip top. Yeah. Um, I guess as we round out this whole show, um, Queen, you're our guest. How did you feel about the entire show? Did you enjoy it? Did you think it could have been better? What, what was your thoughts on the overall show? Overall, I wish there was a little more star power in the SD Live ladder match just to cement it a little bit better. But that still, on rewatch, <laughs> is my favorite of the two. I wish the women were longer and I wish Mark Henry and Big Show were shorter. I loved that this was a seven-match pay-per-view. It gave me what I wanted out of a pay-per-view without going overboard, without making me tired. I enjoyed it. I loved the last two matches, especially. And there was a lot of things that I forgot that I was very happy to be reminded about. Yeah. Um, Kevin, how did you feel overall about this show? I thought it was a great show. Queen hits on a very good point about the seven match thing. You know, mm-hmm. today, and this was a, uh, you know, this is a pay-per-view that was dual-branded. We have yep. dual-branded pay-per-views today. This was right around the time the brand split ended the first time around. But, like, still, you had the Raw and SmackDown Money in the Banks. You had separate identities for both shows. And yet they still only needed seven matches to tell a pretty complete story as far as a whole show goes. Nowadays, you get like 11 and 12 matches on, even on even when they were doing Raw and SmackDown pay-per-view separately back in like 2016, 2017, you still got like nine or ten matches. And by the, you know, the, the, the ninth or tenth most important match for like Raw quality, this was just really well told and it didn't go longer than three hours. It was nice and concise, just how you expect and you want your pay-per-views to be. Yeah, um, it was, un- like you said, under three hours, it felt nice, it flowed nice, it didn't oversaturate anything. Um, I thought it was a pretty decent show, and the main event was just out of this world. Um, just, wow. Um, but I guess that'll kind of wrap this up for Reverb Rewind. Queen, I want to thank you very <laughs> much for joining Kevin and I yes. for a, um, a great rewatch i do think you i'm glad you picked some money in the bank ladder matches because um gets me in the mood for money in the bank because there is quite a gap between wrestlemania and money in the bank which isn't a problem it's just we haven't really had any kind of talk about money in the bank yet and it kind of gets me in the zone yeah. to watch some ladder matches and and, some- <laughs> and money in the bank pay-per-views are infinitely rewatchable because everyone could watch the money in the bank ladder matches over and over again yeah sure so yeah well I just want to say thank you so 
much for asking me to come on as the first ever Rewind guest. I'm like I'm so excited about it. <laughs> um, I had so much fun. I'm so glad you enjoyed watching The Money in the Bank. It's getting me in the mood, too. I'm going to be there this year. Oh, oh And yeah. I'm, like, really oh, stoked for it. <laughs> I'm really excited. And this is, like, you know, like you said, Josh, getting me in the mood. I- I'm starting to get excited for what's coming next. Now that everything's kind of settled out, let's see what they do. And I'm hoping we get some great things at this year's Money in the Bank. Me, too, because um, historically... Um, this is the time where WWE goes either into a lull for a few months before SummerSlam, or they really stack the deck leading into the American summer. So, I mean, um, it is a pivotal time in, in WWE every year. What do you do after Mania and leading into Money in the Bank? It's, it should be good. May I ask, Queen, where is Mm -hmm. Money in the Bank this year? I'm not sure. Money in the Bank is in Hartford, Connecticut. Okay. Oh. Yes. So um, I'm, I will be there. <laughs> and I'm taking my little brother. He's graduating college this year. Oh. So, so his gift is we have great seats at Money in the Bank. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. Um, yes. I was just up in Connecticut today. You were? Yeah. Um, yeah we, me and my dad went out to visit my <laughs> aunt and to pick up my grandfather in Middlefield. Oh, my God. Okay, we we need to chat about this. <laughs> I don't know what you're Go talking ahead. about. Oh, oh yeah, Connecticut's a state. <laughs> Connecticut's a state. It's next to New York. <laughs> I know. I, I've heard of I've heard of Hartford, and I've heard of yeah. like Connecticut, the state. Um, right. It's Glenn where WWE headquarters is. <laughs> so that's in Stanford. Yeah. Stanford, yeah. Yes. My little look at me with my little American look at knowledge. You, geography. You're, you're essentially American. You know where the WWE headquarters is. That's it. You, you've made it. You're good. I'm not even <laughs> going to attempt to do an American accent because you'll probably mute me. So let's not even go there. Um, <laughs> but look at me. I'm so cool. I'm you are in. very cool. Josh. Fitting very in. Cool. Um, that's like trying to make a friend at school, and you're like trying to like impress them, and they're like. <laughs> Piss off. Like, yeah. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> um, to end this kind of episode, by the time this comes out, we're on Friday um, on Brain Buster Radio. So I do need to um, talk about what I'm will be. We're recording this before Raw, but as I said, it'll come out on Friday. So by the time this comes out, um, you'll have a little bit of an announcement from me. So, um, now, Queen and Kevin are probably going to be taken aback by this because they don't know the full extent of the actual thing that I'm announcing. But what you guys would have seen, I'm about to release a video in like before this comes out. So um, there's something new coming from me in the next month or so. Um, I haven't officially an- have a date or anything kind of settled up yet. But um, every Friday, you're still going to get Wrestling Reverb, and it's still going to be the same with me and Kev every week. It ain't changing. I'm still going to be doing bonus episodes whenever I kind of can and um, and stuff like that because it's still my main priority, and I love doing it to bits. I love getting to chat with Kevin every week, so this ain't going anywhere, so don't take this yeah. as a... This is going anyway, so everyone don't have to stress. Wrestling Reverb is staying, but um, I'm going to be starting to venture out in some other things. I have been really taking notice of the fact that um, 
wrestling fans like to talk about other things that aren't necessarily wrestling. But the security blanket is always we have a bond over wrestling fans just on Twitter or on um, people I've talked to on podcasts and, and whatever it may be. But there always is other interests like Queen, Kevin, you, you guys have other interests other than wrestling. Even though wrestling is probably all our main kind of love and, and passion but um, mm-hmm. you guys have other things yeah. that you like as well. And sometimes I've noticed with people is that we want to talk about other things, but we don't know if it's the avenue to talk about other things. Um, so I've kind of come up with this idea that I want to start having a different guest every week. I want to start talking about wrestling fans, other loves, or wrestling fans, other passions, or just wrestling fans, other interests. And, um, I'm kind of going to start doing very soon, um, a different kind of podcast where I kind of, I talk about other things I love. I want to start talking about music and I want to start talking about movies, television shows. I want to start talking about other passions that I have. Um, I want to educate myself on some things I don't know about. I would like to have people that, um, that have I don't know anything really about sport. I'd love to learn some more things about sports, some things about basketball, some things about sports that aren't in this country. I'd like to learn about this kind of stuff. I like to talk about things that are a bit uncomfortable to talk about. I, I want to learn people. I want to get inside people's minds a little bit and learn why they make decisions that they do and why they do things in a completely non-judgmental and open. I'm going in with everything with an open mind. I'd love to learn more about religion. I'd love to learn more about why people do certain drugs or drink alcohol or um, why they do the things they do. Talk about mental health. Talk about depression. I I don't want to shy away from what everyone in this day and age deems uncomfortable and what everyone deems offensive. I'm, I'm not here to offend anyone in any means necessary, but why do people do the things they do? I want to learn about other things. I want to educate myself with different people and... I've just noticed that wrestling fans want to talk about other things. And that's what this show is going to be about. It's called Diving In um, because I'm going to dive into people's lives and people's passions and interests and whatever it may be. Uh, Like I said, a different guest every single week. Um, All the video, the video that's coming out that will be released um, whenever it does before this kind of drops, um, we'll have all the details that you need to find out. But um, You'll be seeing Queen on, on this show. You'll be hearing from Kev on this show. We'll, we'll definitely be doing some other things. But I just really want to just take on a different kind of aspect of wrestling fans and what else they love. Because I have different loves. I wanna, I'm a bit of a nerd. I like to talk about Star Wars. I like to talk about video games. And I know other people do as well. I do have other loves. Wrestling is my main love and it will never go away. Um but yeah, just want to dive in some other things, just not being afraid to talk about everything. I just think there's value in people's lives and I want to learn about people and I love learning about that kind of stuff. Um, but that's kind of my plan with that. Um, but yeah, like I said, Kevin, you'll be on a lot because we always chat. Um, so I'm sure you'll yeah. come on and you can talk to me about basketball and stuff like that. Cause I know jack shit about basketball. Um, I can tell you about basketball. I want to learn about <laughs> things. I, it's, it's, I think people in this this day and age are scared to. They're scared to get out of their comfort zone. They're scared to sound stupid or sound dumb about things. Um, there's a lot of questions that I want to ask people, and 
and stuff like that. And I've noticed people are willing to be very open about themselves, which I really appreciate because I'm, I kind of do this as an open book. I don't really hide anything from anybody. I like to be 100% authentic. And I think there is something to that, but people are scared to do that sometimes. And I'm just not to sound cheesy. I'm just not afraid to be me. So I just think there is some kind of value and people like hearing just conversations about other things sometimes. And, um, but yeah, that's my kind of plan. Like I said, everything will be in the video that I'm going to release or have released at this point. Um, so yeah, um, I guess that's kind of it. That's where I kind of want to wrap it up. But, um, yeah, I'm excited for it. I hope it works. <laughs> I think it's gonna, I think that's awesome, Josh. Making moves over there. I love it. <laughs> I think it's a brilliant idea. You're gonna get a lot of interest, I have a feeling. Yeah, I, I think so, so too. I hope so. And I would kind of like to learn about a little bit more about you two, like l- learn a little bit more about what you guys love as well too. It's a, a chance for me to educate myself on the people that I've become close with as well because um, there is more to us than just wrestling, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. There is. But uh, that'll kind of um, do it again. Thank you, Queen, for coming on and joining us for Reverb Rewind. And like like we've said many times, I'm sure there's many more chats in the future. This ain't the last Absolutely. One. <laughs> I cannot wait. And speaking of chats with you, um, y'all have hopefully listened to the episode that has dropped already on Wednesday, which was the Put Me In Vince chat with Joshy and I. Yes. And it was a lot of good fun. So if you haven't listened to it yet, please do. And Kev, you're going to be up next. So I'll be sliding uh-huh. in those DMs, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it was it. really fun. Really Always fun to do. We chatted. Yeah, we for had a good hours. Chat. We really hours. did, though. <laughs> Even after we stopped recording, it was like five minutes to Raw, and we're like, oh, we better stop chatting. We got to go watch Raw. And we're like, every time we'd say we're going to go, we'd be like, oh shit, like we're still talking. And I know. We just had the best it was chat. Awesome. Good episode, too. Um, please make sure that if you haven't, I don't know why you wouldn't have by now, but make sure to check out that episode because it was really, really fun. Um, that feels yeah. like a lifetime ago now. It does. We recorded that after Mania. <laughs> yeah, and that feels like, Jesus, that feels like a lifetime ago. But, Years um, ago. I know. Damn. <laughs> Alrighty, I hope everyone enjoyed this episode of Reverb Rewind here on Wrestling Reverb. And, um, yeah, catch us like you can now every Friday on Brain Buster Radio. Queen, um, put yourself over here. Where can everyone find you on Twitter and wherever else you are? Well, you guys can find me at the Queen of NE on Twitter, at X the Queen of NE on Instagram, and my show, Queen's Court, drops every Wednesday on Brainbuster Radio. Please check it out. That'll be my fourth episode with Josh. So baby brand new podcast. Um, I'm loving it. It's it's really a blast. So much fun. And I'm also on DYWTSB on Twitter. Uh, the podcast is Did You Write This Stuff, Bro? with Pops and Mort. And we are having a blast. I hope you come check that out as well. Yeah, Queen's everywhere. Queen's just living it up. Very Queen big. is everywhere. Very <laughs> <laughs> Um, and Ke- you know where to find me and Kev on Twitter. Our links are in the description. I'll pop uh, Queen's links in the description as well so you can find everything there. And um, yeah, I hope you check 
uh, me and Kevin every Friday here on Brain Buster Radio. And make sure you look out for Diving In with Josh, which will you'll know all the details you need to know when you know. Um, that'll be coming <laughs> soon. And um, yeah, that will do us for this episode of Reverb Rewind. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. What's happening, wrestling fans? This is Conrad Cushman from the Everything Pro Wrestling Podcast. And right now, you're listening to Wrestling Reverb Podcast on Brain Buster Radio.